Welcome to the Aston Martin Heritage Trust Podcast. Hello and welcome to the next uh, edition of the Aston Martin Heritage Podcast. Um, this is a, a very exciting time for the podcast. Uh, it's effectively going to be it's record, being recorded live. So I'm not going to apologise, but if some of it comes through a bit uh, rough and ready, as opposed to the previous ones that were polished and professional, and yes, they were polished and professional and edited, um, we're doing this one pretty much unedited, and we're jumping in straight away with this exciting new uh, car from Aston Martin, being the, the DB12. Now, I'm with a guy, Jenna, from HWM Aston Martin at Walton and Thames, but Guy, before we start talking about the DB12, I really just want to mention um, Aston Martin seems to be on a roll at the moment. I mean, they're having great success in Formula One. Yeah. Um, the Alonso effect uh, has been tremendous uh, with with the engineers in the background as well on Formula One. But also on the roll, well, my goodness, we are getting five-star reviews for the DBS 770 Ultimate. That's, that's encouraging, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, fantastic reviews, stellar. Uh, what a way to end the life of DBS. So it, this is the um, traditional way that Aston finish the life of a Super GT. So it's always the ultimate edition. And there's normally some changes that are made, made to the model. So we've had that all the way from Vanquish 1 through to DBS. Vanquish 2, as it were. Now it's the end of DBS 2, if we can call that for modern era. Um, and of all of the ultimate Super GTs, it feels like this one's got the most content, the most changes to the yeah. vehicle. Um, it, and knowing, if you've ever driven DBS and DBS Super Legera, it's 715 brake horsepower, it's 900 newton meters of torque. Probably the last thing you think about that car is, cool, this could do have a bit more power. Um, <laughs> but that's what they've given it. Uh, but the really clever thing is how they've made it all come together. And when you read the reviews, because I've not driven the car as yet, um, we haven't had first cars arrive, but the way that Aston have managed the torque with the car, the tweaks they've made to the chassis, to the steering, it really feels like all of these subtle changes have added up to an incredibly polished final product. So um, yeah, we're over the moon. Customers are super excited about their first uh, first drive in the cars that they've ordered. Um, they've they've really done DBS justice. Uh, they have. Um, sometimes you do see, and let's not be shy, sometimes you do see in some uh, the the motor and media, um, they they love the Aston Martins, but there always seems to be a but in the background. Yeah. But so far, uh, through Autocar, Car Magazine, and uh, Evo, very, very enthusiastic about this car. I mean, it is tremendous, five stars. I mean, I think Aston Martin must be cock-a-hoop over that. As I said earlier, they're on a roll. Yes. And now they're on probably a bigger roll that's just about to come up. We have the DB12. And in the past, we've had variations of Aston Martin, some Roadsters, Volantes, we've had Valkyries and Valhallas. Yeah. But this is actually, can we call it a production car? Is it, is it a mainstream car? Or perhaps it should be just be a handcrafted car because these cars are significant, aren't they? to Aston Martin. They are, yeah. I, I, I call it a core car. It feels like... Core car. It, the, the central GT, and, and you'll notice Aston's terminology on their teasers all the way through to today have been 
actually uh, uh, referring to something perhaps more than a GT, a super GT. But this this is the model that is core to our range as we think uh, in recent years of DB9, DB11, and now we have DB12. But it, it really represents a product that covers a huge breadth of ability, I guess, within the range. So there are more hardcore and sporty cars out there. There are more luxurious, um, kind of softer, comf comfortable cars. This sits in the middle where it gives both comfort and real sporting ability. And I, I think that's quite a difficult thing to achieve from an engineering point of view. And there aren't, there actually aren't that many cars in the market that sit in that sweet spot of delivering that, that kind of well-rounded um, user experience from a driving point of view. What I'm encouraged about Guy is that I, I felt perhaps over over recent years the DB range seemed to have been slightly forgotten. Mm -hmm. There's been we've had V12 Vantages, we've had DBSs, we've had variations of DBXs. There's been a, a lot of noise around other stuff going on, uh, but the DB11 was sort of quietly in the background and it is and it is a, and as you say it's a core product. So it is great to see its latest latest variation. Yes being brought to the top of the um, top of the class, if you like, you know, to now say, I, I'm still around, I still exist, and I'm going to be a great car. But now, so it's called DB12. DB12, yes. Not DB11 Ultimate or something like that. So is is this a leap? Is this a... Because Lawrence Stroll has mentioned that, um, yes, it is an update, but there's so much going on in this car, it's almost a brand new car. So perhaps that's why they've actually called it DB12. Yes, I, I think that's right. I, I think it's in recognition that there is so much going on under the skin that, that the, yeah, I mean, this is a seismic shift forward. And it's something that Aston had been promising this new tech for a while. Yeah. They wanted to get it right. Um, so plenty um, uh, uh, of work has been going on in the background uh, in recent years. And finally, this is this is kind of a big statement, Carlton. This is where they are. Um, setting out the future of Aston and where they're going. And as we discuss this, we'll see that from a tech point of view, from an engineering point of view, it, it is a colossal shift forward. But um, but first of all, aesthetically, what do you think? Do you think it's a, a handsome car? I, I you know, I think it is a very handsome car. Um, I always felt that perhaps with the the strong statement from the DBS and mm -hmm. the DBX that uh, perhaps the DB11 now was coming you know a bit uh, a bit too soft if you like in, mm -hmm. in its looks but now now seeing I mean the profile looks pretty much the same and, and, and the back as well but I think the front has a far should we say more confident front yes to it a more confident more assertive not loud yep. not uh, aggressive just I've been in the gym and I, I'm, I'm feeling very confident now. Yeah, and I think, again, that that balance of getting it just right styling-wise is critical with a car like this, that you don't want it to be um, so overtly sporty. You want it to be... So you can tell it's it's got some real intent, some real muscle, it's wider. I think they've done a lovely job where it takes a significant step towards what DBS represents. You can tell it's a, it's a far more serious car but at the same time, it's got to have that elegance, which I think they, they've, they've got that balance just right. It's interesting to say it becomes more sporty because I think when we noticed uh, in the lead up to today uh, on Aston Martin's social media, they, they, they were teasing and they, they had a, a strap line 
grand is not enough. Yes. And my immediate reaction to that was, oh dear, are they going too edgy, too sporty? Are they going too Ferrari, too, you know, too tracky, if you like? Yeah. Um, but they're not doing that, though. So they're moving away from the Grand Tourer into something called... The Super Tourer. Super Tourer. And I think yes. that's, that's, that's a nice... A nice leap, isn't it? It is. It is. And when I think about the usability of these cars, I always think a super tour, and what I want it to be able to do is to waft me down to the route Napoleon in comfort. Yeah. And my passenger not having to suffer too, quiet comfort. And then we get to a great road. You can firm it up. It can be the sports car you want it to, to be. And then you serenely roll into to Cannes in comfort at the other end. And, you, you know, that that... That's a difficult trick to pull off, to have that breadth of ability to go from comfort to sportiness and equally to have noise levels, for example, where they are, the car is engaging, it has that, that bark, but equally it isn't tiring and, and doesn't resonate in the cavity. It's just, it's getting that just right. That, 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 that is a balance. I must admit, when, I, when, when Lawrence Stroll and his new management team came in, I think they always went to say, we're going to model ourselves on Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, great cars as they are. Yeah. Probably more of a sporting intent. Yeah. And I was probably a bit worried that Aston Martin were going to go down this sporting intent road and leave it in the the, the route down to the south of France in a, in a grand super touring style. But obviously, they've nailed it. And it looks like they're going to they're going to achieve that. Yes. What also is a first for this car is right on the very front and at the back is the um, is the first core car, shall we say, to have new wings. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't know whether I think the wings were announced last year, weren't they? They were. Yeah. And I don't know whether people have noticed, but but actually, yeah, everything else in the range currently wears the the previous wings. But um, from our friends Vortens. In Birmingham, they'll yes. they'll be supplying the, the the new wings, the updated wings, um, and it, again, it's a bigger wing on the front of the car. Yeah. But I think again, that's just trying to make everything the right proportion for the front of the car because it has a bigger grille, and that grille is there designed to get more cooling to the engine. So I think it, it allows for fifty six percent more cooling at the front. But but again, the the, the 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 wings look the right size for the. The, 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 the proportions of the front of the car. So staying with the, the, the proportions for the car, I mean, obviously we're, we're relying on photographs at the moment. Yes. Um, and the photographs will appear on the amht.org uh, website. You'll, yes. be able, you'll be able to go to that. Um, and it's a brand new website, but we'll cover that on another podcast. Don't, don't worry about that. We're not going to think. So it looks familiar. Is it the same size as the DB11? So it, it is dimensionally. So that it's a... It's a wider body, so you can see there's something more muscular going on. It's got that real, it's got some real shoulders to it, that extra stance um, that, that's apparent. But mirror to mirror, same width, right. and its length is the same width. So overall footprint is the same, but it is running a, it's a wider track too, again to go with its wheelbase the same. extra sportiness. Wheelbase is the but same. But the track is, the track is wider. Yes. Yeah. So the increased track always tends to give it a bit more, again, confident. I'll probably overuse this word. Definitely. But it tends to a greater stance, doesn't it? It does. And, and again, I think that will be reflected upon the way it drives. And we'll talk more about not only the tech in the car, but the engineering that's gone into it. We started this conversation with DBS 770 and, and what the engineers have done just to tweak that car. And those, what might appear modest tweaks, actually amount to a very significant change in the way that the car drives. I, I'm even more confident reading the spec of 
DB12 that this drive, car is going to drive incredibly well. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, can, can you can you take us through some of the audio bits, some of the mechanical changes? I mean, probably just for some very subtle ones all the way through will add up to a great deal, as you just said. Yeah, well, well that's it. Well, well, let's first of all let's address the engine because the first I have seen the car in the skin, I've sat in it, and so on. The first, my first question, DB12. Okay, so what what's going to happen engine-wise? Is it is a V12 coming? And the answer I was told was it's it's V8 only, and the rationale is that. Well, this car now puts out 680 PS, 680, um, which is a lot of power. It's um, therefore it's a it's that it's, is a lot of power. 680 I'm is just serious. trying to think about the early V12 aren't uh, Astins. They were they were nowhere near that. They weren't. No, that's right. So it's it's knocking on the door of DBS power, but it, the engine's 115 kilograms lighter, which of course has massive benefits from a dynamic point of view and because it's a smaller engine you can mount it lower and further back further advantages so currently Aston are saying well we can get all the power we could want out of, out of this V8 engine it's lighter and if you look at DB11 sales and I can only talk about what we experienced in the UK with DB11 we found nearly everybody ordered either a V8 or once they got to V12, they kind of thought, well, I'll have a DBS if I'm going that far. So it, a V12 DB11 was a rare car. Great car. It's a really, really good car. It's a lovely car. But but it was it must it must have been the lowest volume car out of DB11, V8, V12, and DBS. So I could understand how Aston could equally think, well, it, it, it's, a, it's an ultra-niche product, product that we can get everything we need out of this V8. So that, that makes absolute sense. And with that power... It'll do 0 to 60 in 3.6 seconds, and it will do over 200 miles an hour, 202 miles an hour, which will do nicely. Well, as I say, it's not too shabby, is it, for a V8? <laughs> no, no, no. That, so it's it's a fast car, uh, and I think it kind of puts, in terms of class, it, it, it puts it at the front of the pack. Um, so that's encouraging. It, talking about more oily bits under the skin, well, they've they've made the platform more rigid, and, and Aston's Aston's platform is already a very rigid platform, so they you know they've got one of the best platforms in the market because of this bonded aluminium mm. setup. It's a, it's a really good setup, but it's seven percent more rigid. That has lots of benefits in terms of the dynamic ability of the car. Interestingly, they've got a new damper from Bilstein. It's a DTX damper, and they're talking about it having 500% greater operating bandwidth. And what I'm reading from that, from the spec sheet, is I think this car is going to be very good at going from super comfortable to then super firm and super sporty, and, and we call that breadth of ability. And that's what you want out of a GT. You want it to, to have that sort of Jekyll and Hyde element to it. Um, so I'm excited about that. Steering, they've quickened up the steering, so a faster steering rack, um, 2.4 turns lock to lock, in addition to what they are referring to as an isolate, non-isolated steering column. And, and basically what they mean by that is it's less corrupted. There is more feel coming from the wheels, the tyres, back to the steering wheel, back to the helm, which is tech that they used in Valkyrie. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so this just, tech's flowing so back. The, the, the flow of tech from, should we say, Formula One to Valkyrie to, Valkyrie to the core car. Absolutely, it's filtering down. And, and I've always felt, you know, steering for me is really important. At the helm of the car, 
if you can feel what's going on, you feel in control of it. Well, that's it. Is, as I was interesting because Aston Martin must have learnt a lot from Valkyrie I'm in so many areas. Yes. Valkyrie's out. Yes. Very nicely received. Thank you very much. No, no, not going to just park all that knowledge, put it away in the cupboard. Thank you. We've forgotten all that. Yeah. They're going to use that, aren't they? Absolutely. Packaging, um, dynamics. Aero. Aero. That, that's a big one for me because, I mean, if you look at the shape of um, DB12 and indeed DB11 before it, the it's got clever aero, which means that it, it doesn't need to run a colossal wing still despite being a 200-mile-an-hour car. Um, so it allows them to have very clean lines on the top of the vehicle, which suit that sort of GT flavour. Um, yeah, this all filters down. Great. So, numerous small changes yeah. on the chassis. Stiffer. Um, enhanced engine. Yes. All Be- add up to a greater sum of parts. Definitely. And it's all in the detail. So it's got bigger brakes and you can have carbon ceramic brakes as an option right um which shows again they're focusing for for, for the very serious drivers detail it's got the first first car to have a particular new variation of bosch electronic stability program which is very progressive at the limit so there's there's quite a lot of um stability programs that are quite intrusive and almost pull you back when you're driving um particularly quickly well this is said to be far more progressive and kind of it feels like it will help you go quicker be it on road or track um, and I even love the fact that it's the first production car to be fitted with Michelin Pilot Sport 5S's um, I, I, I'm a car nerd so all of this bit, <laughs> these bits I read the specs and I think you know I'm getting a flavour for how this car is going to drive and I, I suspect it's going to be incredible um, so uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to getting behind the wheel of this so you're looking forward to driving it. I'm yep. sure customers will. But to drive it, you need to be on the inside. Mm. You need to be on the interior of the car. Yes. Now, I'm going to give my personal opinion here. Yeah. I've often felt the quality of the materials in an Aston Martin for, for recent years have been lovely. Yep. Some journalists have banged on about, you know, questionable switch gear or whatever. I'm not too concerned about it. I've... Personally, I've never particularly liked the some of the design of it. It's not quite for me, but, yeah. it, but it, was, it was always a very, very nice place. From what I've seen of the new interior, well, my goodness, that, that has moved on a big step, hasn't it? Hugely. I mean, it is a completely new interior. Now, why I'm saying that, and I think Aston Martin are particularly proud of this, again, in some of the pre-launch social media, how often do car manufacturers start showing a sneak photograph of the interior? You never do, do you? I've, no. ne- I've never seen any other manufacturers say, oh, here's a sneak picture of our interior. So they're making a statement there, and they seem to be very proud of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, and it, it starts from the moment you walk up to the car. So first of all, I mean, externally, you, you can see there's just lovely little touches that give it that sense of quality. And I think they've they've moved the game on there, whether it be the dual-like headlamps, or if you take a close look at the beautiful side straights and the way they're done, and then you you reach for the door handle, and this time, you know, as Aston owners, we're used to having to pull that, that, that slick door lever out. Well, it, it electronically pops out for you. 
and you kind of think, oh, on a second, this is a hint. <laughs> Aston have up there, get there's there's some tech behind this this car, and um, and so right, you pull open the door, and you've got a completely new cabin, um, unrecognisable from from what we we've experienced before. Um, because tech, uh, interior tech of cars, it's it's moving on leaps and bounds over for everyone, isn't it? It's just it's incredible, even in ten years. It is, and so. Aston were very smart in terms of recruitment. They went out and recruited people from all sorts of interesting tech companies. Um, you know, from I understand from Google, Netflix, VW's in car entertainment, but uh, all sorts of different different people from uh, 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 around the industry. And they set about going great guns in terms of trying to get right to the front of class. And and they've done it. You know, there there are. Do you do it's, it's front of class now. Do you oh, for it? sure. It, it's super. Slick. So, what's very clever about the interior is that they've come up with their own screen systems, their own menu systems. It feels absolutely unique to Aston. Um, so, when you get in there, there, there is nothing that you recognise from other manufacturers. Right. It is it's Aston's own look, own cabin. Beautifully and that's done, an investment, stick. isn't it? That's a oh. huge investment. It, it really is, but I, I know our customers will value it immensely. Yeah. Um, and it, it's very slick the way it operates. So it's it, it feels intuitive, like it does with you use an iPhone, for example, and, and the menu system. It, it, it's got that sort of feel to, to 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 the menus. But you you scratch beneath the surface, and the details of the tech is, <coughs> um, I mean, significant. They they've gone all in from all, all of the bits that we would hope with streamless Apple CarPlay and uh, and so on through to other interesting bits like um, it's the first car to have Siri I understand as standard so Siri voice control um, to, to operate all the way through it's got a, a sat nav that will offer what three words location as oh, well right. as postcode yes, all the usual yes. bits yeah, that, that, that's, that's really neat um, it's super crisp and super fast. The the, the software in the cabin, um, yeah. I mean, it feels it feels a, a, a big jump on, and all of the displays. The it's got a big ten and a quarter inch screen in front of you as your main um, vehicle display, and then there's another ten and a quarter inch in the centre of the cabin, and it feels just the right balance. That you know there is this trend to have colossal tablets in cars that overtake the cabin. Well, well, guy. There are buttons. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that a joy? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you do, you don't want everything in a menu. You don't want to have to go through two menus to get to heated seats no. or to turn your temperature controls up. And so there are still that traditional centre piece. There is that lovely, beautifully um, uh, engineered centre piece with crisp, beautiful buttons, and and that feels very good. Um, and interestingly, they've moved. Or change the gear lever as well. So rather than the traditional park drive yeah. reverse neutral and so on and buttons at the top top of the dashboard, it's got a small gear lever in the centre. Yes. Um, so yeah, that, but that all feels intuitive. That 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 works really well and it feels super high quality. Um, I, and there's more. I mean, it, 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 we could talk for hours about about it, but there's a proper connected car app as well that comes with the car that has got all of the functions from putting your um, sat nav in to um, you can preheat your car you if you've opted for heating. so, so you're, at, you're at home you're at your office or wherever and yep. you can 
adjust the car from from the app. Yeah, yeah. So everyone, you know, you can check how much fuel I understand you, yeah. you've got in the car. If you want to preheat it, put your heated steering wheel yeah. on before you get in. Um, you can remote unlock. Um, there's all sorts of other bits being developed to go with that um, uh, app as well. So I think we'll see more and more functionality come come with it. A concierge service. Um, I mean, really superb tech. That's that's quite something for Aston Martin. I mean, and they've done this on their own. Yeah. They haven't bought it in from outside. No. This is, I say it's one of the things for relatively uh, low production uh, manufacturers that they can't can't afford or choose not to because why should we try to do it on our own when somebody else has already done it yes yeah but it doesn't always tend to fit in very well does it no it doesn't and well done for Aston Martin for just taking a brave pill and saying well this is ours we're doing our own I completely agree yeah a lot of time a lot of investment but it feels absolutely worth it when you you, you sit in the car yeah um, I've noticed the seats actually I mean they're, they're unusual aren't they yeah, now there's two seats, so, or well, there's three seats options actually. So there's the more traditional sports seats that we're used to in yeah. DB11, DBS, but you can also have the carbon fibre um, sports seat that we, we've seen as an option in V12 Vantage and DBS 770 Ultimate. So you can get really sporty with your spec. You can have that, that these carbon seats, carbon ceramic brakes. If you want to, to, to create something that is at the very sportiest end of Super GT, yeah, that's perfectly doable. Right. Um, and a new sound system partner. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, for, for years and years, we've enjoyed um, B&O. That's right. With the, 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 the rising tweeters. Oh, well, that's the sense of fear today. Absolutely. Um, beautiful sound systems. But Aston have gone out to market, and um, they have teamed up with Bowers and Wilkins, who make fantastic sound systems. Yes. Um, again, there's some serious tech that's gone into... To the, to, to, to the sound system. It's a 1170 watt, 15 speaker system. But the real focus on it is on preciseness of sound and you can create um, just the most wonderfully crisp and accurate sound through, through the sound system. So for those that are really into their music, it, it, the speakers look beautiful, very jewel-like, but the sound it delivers is, it, it is fantastic, yeah. So this um, grand grand is not enough. I mean, from what you've just said to me, from what we from what we've seen of, of the photographs, it, it, it says grand is not enough. It's looking very grand to me. I must say. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I think it's a fantastic execution from uh, an aesthetic point of view. You know, try, trying to design uh, the next generation of of DB11 um, it, it is a job that. Um, I wouldn't relish, you know, moving the game on, but yeah. I think they—they—it's a wonderful balance. It's—it's a—it's a difficult one because DB, as we know, this year it's got one hell of a bloodline, hasn't it? It has. I say DB one. DB one didn't exist, but I think we all know uh, what we refer to, and uh, he, it's a huge responsibility to get the DBs correct. It is. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it is. You're, you're absolutely right, and I, I think this is a critical car for Aston, but it feels like they have put everything into it and reading all the way through these specs sitting in the car feeling the sense of quality um yeah i mean i think they've got an absolute winner on their hands and we, we we've started previews with customers who had secret viewings leading right. up to it and and the conversion rate i.e the customers that are, are see the car and just go wow 
I'll have one. Um, really? Has been been staggering because it, it is yeah, it's such a beautiful car in the metal. I was going to say, where where the customers coming from? Do you think there's going to be? Um I assume there'll be some conversions, some DB11s or some other people with perhaps advantages or yeah. even DBXs in the range, I don't know. Yes. Um, do you see them coming from other uh, conquests, from other marks? I do. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. So no doubt we have some very, very loyal customers who love the brand yeah. and, and you know, there is nothing, if you if you love a DB11, there is nothing in this that you won't love. Right. It's everything a DB11 That's an important plus. point, actually. It, it is. Because that, that, that's a good statement there, Guy, because... Yeah. New management, new new concepts, and it's all a bit. Oh, really? Where's this going? So, it's not going to scare the DB11 owners at all, are they? It it, it really isn't. Uh, yeah, you're right, and it's so critical that you don't alienate or forget those loyal customers that have been with the brand for many years. So I think it ticks all the boxes in, in that respect. But equally, there will be customers who want more performance, who want more dynamic handling, <coughs> who 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 for who tech is really important to them. And, and for, for some people, it's the, the tech element's a hygiene factor. It's kind of a, if it's not there, I'm not considering it. So I, I think absolutely this will bring Conquest customers to the brand from all sorts of directions. So these, these Conquest customers, when can I buy one? When, when, well, they, they can put a deposit now down, they can get a sneak preview. Uh, when, when would they um, expect to uh, drive one? Uh, a DB12 outside uh, HWM. When when would it be able to do that? Cool. Yeah. Well. So so yes. So lots of customers already ordered cars. Right. Um, uh, so so yes. All of all the books are open. We expect our first demonstrators to arrive with us um, late Q3, early Q4. Okay. First, first customers who've ordered their cars will be getting their cars this year, towards the back end of this year. Okay, and then, so yeah. well, we're in May, so six, six months? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so between now and then is going to be a very busy time, sort of launch launch activities, first customer drives, all those sorts of bits. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're incredibly excited about this. This is the product we've been waiting for. Guy, it's been an absolute delight. Thank you for sharing uh, this car with us uh, and I hope our listeners have enjoyed it as well this is this is such an important car every Aston Martin is uh, an is. important car but the core uh, Aston Martins are particularly uh, important DB12 lovely and we look forward to uh, well perhaps seeing you in November for a podcast for when we could actually perhaps go out for a spin looking forward to it thanks Guy Tom. thanks very much listening to the Aston Martin Heritage Podcast. Discover more about the story of Aston Martin, the cars, the people, the history with the Aston Martin Heritage Trust. You're always welcome to visit us at our museum in Oxfordshire, so find out more via amht.org.uk.